Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Mike and David and Zach and John Bushfax Bushman. So my question to you guys today is, what are you drinking? Uh, I have a Southern Charm Sour Ale with peaches, raspberries, lactose, and vanilla. Uh, it was a birthday gift for my wife, and it's actually delicious. That sounds pretty fruity. Like, I mean, <laughs> vanilla? Really I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, I'm drinking water. Uh, so, you know. I've got my my Adepticon beer glass um, with uh, so for those that got a bunch of Adepticon swag, the eighteen on the glass I just learned is not the year. That is the the number of the convention. So they are not sending you old crap. Um, it is in fact from this year. <laughs> it's uh, it is not the year. It's it's the number. So useful tidbit there, John. What are you drinking? I'm drinking coffee, and it is. Let me just say, these drinks are not up to Critical X standards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is actually, uh, you guys, uh, you have a podcast, Critical X. Yeah, with, sure. Um, it, occasionally, uh, you know, by bi- <laughs> monthly, every two months or so, right? Something like that. <laughs> pretty generous. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> that might be generous, yeah. Um, you also... Um, are the, the quote unquote stats guy, uh, so dubbed by a bell of lost souls. Um, <laughs> so they couldn't bother to figure out what your name was. Apparently. <laughs> and then, um, uh, yeah, Bush facts is, is your other nickname. Cause you are, you are the man of stats. So yes. Tell, tell us about yourself a little bit. Uh, so yeah, my, my actual name is John, John Bushman. I from Arizona. Um, and I've been playing Legion just about since launch. Uh, I'm a Rebel player, one of the few remaining Luke players, of it, I guess. Apparently, no one likes to run Luke anymore. Uh, They're and, crazy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that that's about it. I I really like data and bringing data to to people. So that's what I do. So, and people don't know this. Um, well, some people know this, but you are also a part of the Fifth Trooper Network officially. So, yes, uh, you, you're our stats guy, so to speak. This is true. This is a fact. So we um, would you say it's a push fact? <laughs> uh, wait, aren't yes. you supposed to leave the dad jokes to the dads? My- <laughs> Look, nobody jumped in, so like I had to, I had to make up for the. He's practicing. He's, he's warming up the engine. You know, yeah. <laughs> got to cycle that turbine on sometime. Um, yeah. So you did a bunch of uh, data analysis for Invader League single elims, which we'll get to in a few minutes. Um, but before we do that, we got some news. Welcome to in the news. So, uh, you guys got some actual plastic in your hands? Indeed. 
by that I mean like new plastic from FFG. They finally hit the stores, baby. Yeah, so I got um, <laughs> my AAT, my vital assets, Cassian and Iden all in the mail this weekend. It's a good weekend. You bought Iden? What? I, I bought Iden. What? I play Empire ah. still. Oh, man. The I only guess. the only faction I don't play is uh, is Republic. I uh, I got an Iden, and I don't even buy her Imperials ever. I think she's a cool sculpt. Uh, I don't know about her. I think her face is not the greatest of skulls, but the helmet's awesome. Um, so yeah, I actually have Iden myself and have no Imperials to go with her, but that's all right. Um, you know. I have a, an Imperial pilot helmet related story. Ooh. The first ever, the first ever uh, thing I bought with any store tournament winnings was a TIE pilot Funko Pop with a giant helmet. And so Iden's giant tie fighter helmet reminds me of that event but yeah i mean i dig that skull just for the helmet man that's sick i uh i actually so i originally assembled my iden with the helmet and as i was sitting there watching it dry i was like this helmet is just way too big (laughs) so so i so i unglued it (laughs) before the glue set and i and i put the uh the unhelmeted version on uh, because I was just like I I don't know she's kind of like a bowling ball up there. If, if you look at the if you look at the photos from the productions of New Hope, they they do the helmets just make the bodies look so small, and it's sort of like well, I guess that's okay. I mean, Tie Fighters aren't exactly the roomiest vehicle, so it makes sense that like generally smaller bodied persons would be flying the fighters. So I guess I don't know. You can you can canon it in your head however you wish but i think it just i think it makes sense like it looks oversized but yes it's on purpose because it yeah. matches what they've been given i think from the show or from the yeah. news i'm certainly not saying that they it's not like up to snuff i just uh, i personally didn't like the aesthetic once i got it on there i was like nope we're, we're putting a real head on here yeah i think daniel roberts from uh, legion outriders actually posted on the legion facebook group that it, the helmet is actually the right size I think yeah, like a bunch of pictures and like showed that it was actually like correct uh, scale wise. But yeah, I can understand what you mean. It does look a little goofy when you assemble it. <laughs> yeah, I saw people pic- like posting memes with dark helmet from Spaceballs. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Under> the... <laughs> oh man, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It doesn't. She has such a small frame; it doesn't help. But that is like, I mean, I think it's canon accurate based on the sizing and stuff i'm i'm probably gonna do her also without a helmet partially because i like painting faces because i don't get to do it very often (laughs) um but yeah you trying to say those droids don't have faces i mean they got robot faces it's not the same (laughs) you know you don't have to like blend a robot face you just throw some brown ink on it and call it a day um yeah so uh, that's super exciting. It's um, it's not clear what slash when the next releases will be, but um, it seems like at least things are up and running again. So I put the so let's um let's do some quick housekeeping and then uh, we can actually do a little brief hobby progress. Um, uh, we talked last week about some scoundrels items, order tokens, and um, silhouettes and stuff. They're slightly delayed. Uh, via customs but they should be in by the end of the week 
ish or maybe next monday so if you're waiting on those scoundrels order tokens i apologize uh they're sitting around it'll be just about a week um we also have a bunch of new stuff we have uh new three by three mats for um there's like space mats so you know for games like armada x-wing um you know legion skirmish which you wouldn't play in space but we have three by three mats that are not space uh also ocean mats for games like um oak and iron so yeah a bunch of new stuff new mats up on the up on the site check that out the fifth trooper.com we also uh, are starting to expand into actual hobby materials like basing items from a variety of manufacturers so check those out did i miss anything no, I think that's I think that's about right. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, those sea mats could be good for a certain uh, cloning facility planet, but uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and you could put like a space platform around the space space mats. It'll be great. I don't know. I'm thrilled about this because I wanted us to do like Armada and X Wig mats from the get go, and now we're doing them. So I'm really pumped about it. Okay. Cool. Um, well, let's let's move on briefly to hobby progress. Get out your brush and paint. It's hobby time. That drop is so happy-go-lucky. <laughs> it, it reminds me of something you'd get like seeing The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, it's like Simpsons, Jetsonish, you know, family sitcom kind of. Cartoon family, there you go. Yeah, um, yeah. I put a so I put an AAT together. How was that? It was not bad. It um, man, the thing is big. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> I know everybody's saying that, but holy crap. Um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like interesting little greebles and other um, gubbins to borrow a 40k term on it. Uh, that like really make you appreciate how much thought they put into it, you know, like just tiny little railings and thrusters and other little gizmos that you're gluing onto this thing. Um, you know, and there's some options with whether to put a pilot in there or not, whether to have the hatch open or closed. Um, you can, I'm going to try and magnetize the turret so I can rotate it. Um, at the moment that bit is unglued, it is like, it doesn't even fit on the base. Uh, <laughs> it hangs over the backside of the base quite significantly. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be interesting using that thing physically on a table. Um, but uh, yeah, it looks it looks impressive. I'm super excited to paint it. So that was my hobby progress. Someone on the Legion Facebook server. Sorry, go ahead, Zach. No, I was going to say, does Kyle paint scheme in mind? Because I know his. Airspeeder is like a white blue and it's fantastic, but uh, you're gonna stick to like the, the tan color or probably what was what was the thing that you saw, David? Oh, I mean, if I ever buy an AAT, I want to pick up this. Uh, this guy made a Jar Jar model which hangs on the barrel <laughs> of the turret, so I would totally run my AAT with that Jar Jar hanging on. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably. I think I'm gonna do um, a. That's hilarious. Um, B. I think I'm going to do probably like the um, just the bone white slash tan to go with the rest of my my B1s are bone white slash tan and then do like a blue, some kind of blue highlights somewhere. I haven't quite figured that out. I'm sure there's like a canon scheme that I'm going to mangle for that. Um, 
but uh, uh, yeah, it'll be some kind of bone white slash blue situation. You, th- you think you'll do the torpedo scorch marks from the, the front? Oh yeah, 100%. Heck yeah. Yeah, I'm going to weather the crap out of it. That's that's the most fun part of painting vehicles is the weathering. Um, and I used to I used to play orcs for 40k, so um, weathering vehicles is it's a it's a favorite pastime of mine. Um, so yeah, it's um, I'm looking forward to it. It's um, it's a welcome distraction from my horde of B1s, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm still not done with. Just sick of it. <laughs> yeah. So. Speaking of horde of B1s, don't you have like a horde of rats over there, David? Oh, yeah. I just finished a, a commission from a friend to paint 60 clan rats for his uh, his, his army for Age of Sigmar. And so I finally finished it. And, um, you know, it, it was there was a little bit of suffering involved. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like, you know, maybe I maybe I grew as a painter. Maybe I just got faster. You know, sometimes you just got to spend you just got to spend time on the table and just drill it out and get better at a technique, you know. So it's not, it's definitely not a waste. It might've been painful in some parts, but Hey, you know, I think I did. Okay. I think I maybe improved. Yeah. But I they're, finally, they're finally done though. Anyway, go on Zach. No, I was going to say, I noticed that like when I go on like tangents of painting, I get so much faster. And then like, if I take like a week or two off, I feel so slow. Right. You're like, man, I was doing, I was blazing, you know, a minute ago here. Like what happened? <laughs> But uh, no, it's uh, it's been fun. Um, I mean, the the part that's really the hard part for me is basing everything because I don't have an airbrush; I do everything by hand. And so, like, actually getting the base colors like clean enough for me, and and I think this really taught me the value of just getting it right the first time and really watching where your point is going. Um, and really, like, the fineness of the point is really crucial. Like, you can have a huge brush with a very fine point and still paint tiny things. You just have to get the point on target. And that's really the where it's evolved in like stabilizing your hand. And then like I did like the tiny eyes and teeth on these things. And so it's like you just have to, you know, maybe stabilize your breath a little bit when you're doing the tiny stuff and try not to try not to shake too much <laughs> if it's if at all possible. Like your level of caffeination definitely affects your ability to do like eyes and things like that. Like if you're over caffeinated, you might have trouble doing that because you're you might be a little bit jittery. Uh, yeah, it's 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 been an interesting experience, and I'm sure we can produce at some point some kind of tutorial video, maybe for uh, for this sort of thing if people are interested in it. But uh, otherwise, I think uh, I think I'm glad to have it off my table, and maybe I'll get back to painting some Star Wars here once my move to Florida is complete. Yeah, I can't say I share the same thing. I painted Cassian and K2 up pretty quickly this weekend. I didn't think I'd get them both done, um, but I did. Uh, K2 is like a really fun model to paint. Um, like once you get like your color scheme, you kind of just like slap it on and then you just highlight them quickly and you're like, well, K2's done. I kind of kind of wish I could do that more often, but it's funny. I, I posted a picture and I got like a uh, like some questions on like how I got his paint to look like a bluish like gray. And then I just showed people these these paints. I'm like, don't ask me the for a ratio just mix and hope for the best because <laughs> that's what I did. I didn't, I didn't measure anything. I was like, all right, let's just do this, do this. And it came out, you know, for me, it came out great. Um, I, I find myself to be an amateur painter and I'm actually really happy with how my K2 came out. What, uh, what colors did you use? Do you remember the names? Yeah. Um, steel, a bad green or something like that, which is a <laughs> Citadel paint. Then that doesn't Sombra, sound like a color. It is, <laughs> it is. 
It is. That's because of Steel Abaddon, right? Steel yeah. Abaddon. Okay. That's what it is. Right. Steel Abaddon Green. Um, I used. It um, sounds like three colors. I know a bat. I used color. a bad. I, I used a bad in black. Or, or okay, uh, that's a color. Then I used <laughs> somber, <laughs> somber gray, okay. and then. I used um, a silver metallic to try and get like metallic like flakes in there. Uh-huh. If that oh, makes neat. any sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, to get the little flakes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, don't don't quote me on those names. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's really cool. By the way, mixing um, metallic and non-metallic just to get the sheen. I think that's a really neat technique. Yeah, it's very subtle, but like when you look at the model closely, you can kind of see it. You know. Yeah. Um, I did highlight with some yellow though. I, I think. The K2 model really pops when you get like his underarms to kind of have like that yellow that he had in the movie. Yeah, those like um, rings, the rings on yeah. the shoulder joint and the elbows. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Yeah, that's actually something that I've seen um, a lot with metallics with like painting tutorials and stuff is people mixing it with other colors to get a little bit of a sheen. So that's, uh, I might have to try that. I'm, I was trying to figure out how to do something similar with my K2 to get that bluish metal look. So. Mike, did you did you get any hobby hobby stuff done? Uh, I put Iden together, and I um, finished putting together the Daily Bugle from Marvel Crisis Protocol. Um, so, the Daily Bugle, like, like the newspaper, like the newsstand. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Cool. So, it, uh, <clears throat> there's a bunch of terrain that comes in the core box. It's actually a lot. To be honest, there's like two cars, like the Daily Bugle newsstand, and a bunch of like um, traffic lights and lampposts and stuff. Because like a big part of that game is like destructible terrain, and like Hulk can throw stuff around. Um, and so the terrain is, I think, included in the box to facilitate some of the mechanics, um, which I think is really cool. But uh, yeah, so I finished uh, assembling all of that, and now I have more unpainted stuff. I would just play Hulk and try to toss cars at people, honest to goodness, if I played that game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was a little bit... So I made a pact with myself that I would not purchase any more Marvel Crisis Protocol stuff until I painted the entirety of the core set. Because I have a ton of Legion models that are unpainted. And as soon as I made that pact, uh, Adepticon sent me Hulk and Venom. So- nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, uh, that's great. So I... I too will be attempting to throw massive cars around um, probably a lot sooner than I had anticipated because I, I was not planning on buying it until I finished painting all this stuff. But here we are. <laughs> I was disappointed that Hulk was not a core character, but I'm, I think it just makes sense that he wouldn't be in the core set because he's just such a unique thing and he's just really cool. And yeah. It makes total, total sense that he's an X-Pac. Same with like a MODOK, that kind of flying brain looking villain guy. Yeah, Hulk sick. is a ton of fun in the game. He can like throw fire truck size things. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I know that you uh you and Dustin were kind of like messing around with it the other day. How'd that go? Yeah, I've, I've played um, probably like five games since then, just trying to learn the rules and figure out what characters I like. Uh, and Hulk is definitely one of my favorites. Um, he just uh he he gets obviously stronger every time he gets hurt and then just 
destroys everything. You can there's mechanics you can use to that Hulk can throw one of your own teammates uh, to like help them get more into to grab an objective real quick or something. Uh, that's a lot of sounds fun. Like, that sounds throw. like friendly force push is what that sounds like. Friendly force throw. It's yeah. insane. He's gonna, like here, let me just chuck you over here and see if you see if you yeah. uh, you know are alive enough to do something. Yeah. Do you get hurt when Hulk throws you, even a friendly throw? Does that happen? No, you only get hurt when wow. you get thrown into into a wall or into another character. Oh, okay. So if you throw out into the open, then you're fine. Tuck and roll. Yeah, yeah tuck and roll. That's right. Superhero, superhero tuck and, and roll. Just... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> they're like they're like flying squirrels. They uh, they never actually hit terminal velocity. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's let's move on to uh, let's move on to our our tournament section for uh, Mr. Bushman. Get ready for advanced tactics. So, Invader League single eliminations starts officially uh, Tuesday, which will be the day that you are listening to this podcast. Um, so there was a reveal show of the bracket, which Mike and Mike did on Sunday. Um, it's pretty awesome. Check out that VOD if you want to catch the bracket and the lists, uh, which I don't think are posted to the site at the moment. So that is the place to see them. Literally the only place you can see people's lists. It's fantastic. Thanks for that, Zach. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, it was a Ponzi scheme. I was not really a Ponzi scheme, but it was a scheme I was not really planning, but it worked out. <laughs> Yeah, that's not a Ponzi scheme. But uh, no, no, it's not. <laughs> some reason it was fresh in my mind, and I'm like, that's not how that works. Can we also just like thank Mike and Mike because it's both both Mike Barry and Mike Cirillo were hosting. So yep. it was a uh, it was Mike squared. <laughs> Double yeah, Mike. No, it was fun. I uh, had a lot of fun with it. Um, honestly, the putting together the PowerPoint was like more work than I thought it was going to be. Um, but you know, whatever. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, so there's 64 players in single elims. Um, to advance the single elims, basically you had to go, uh, you had to place either first or second in a group of uh, six people in your in your round robin stage. Um, so the tournament started with uh, what 192, and now we're down to 64, and now this is like a March Madness style bracket. So actually, if you want to. Um, make a bracket prediction there is a challenge bracket posted on the discord and anyone can go on there and and make a prediction and there is um a fifth trooper mat to the i believe to the first place and then some fifth trooper sidebars to the second place and there's also a last place prize right zach so no it's actually first place gets a mat and the last place is the uh sidebars okay and- those were um, actually not even uh, donated by us, the fifth group, but they were donated by a um, community member, Andrew Hall. So I want to thank him uh, while we're on the cast for doing that. Um, he's very adamant of uh, wanting to give prize support. And, uh, well, the uh, bracket challenge is uh, a perfect place for that. It certainly is. I'm excited. I'm excited to see some of these brackets. Um, it's always fun when you can turn Legion into March Madness. <laughs> Yeah, I think we started doing this like two seasons ago. I, I I can't remember if 
I mentioned it to LJ or LJ mentioned it to me and then we kind of made it a thing and it's here we are still doing it, you know, season five. It's so, it's, it's like weird how much fun it is, but it really is. <laughs> like, I, I, since I'm TO, I'm like not sure if I should fill one out, but I kind of want to. <laughs> so. I mean, it's not like you have any sort of inside <laughs> information or anything. It's 64 players. Everybody's list is out there. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's, uh, let's hit, let's hit some stats. So before we get to the actual stats, um, John, I think the way that you pull these so quickly is, uh, is pretty impressive. So do you want to talk about your process briefly real quick? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so I've actually just recently, I'm almost done revamping my entire process, uh, moving it out of Excel and into a SQL database and Python to actually, uh, run the calculations. So one of the reasons why, or actually the main reason why we're always so adamant at all these tournaments to get URLs from players, um, specifically Legion HQ or Tabletop Admiral URLs, is because those list builders, um, they actually encode into the URL, if you haven't noticed, um, every single card that you're bringing is encoded into that URL. Uh, So I can... Uh, I've, I've written a script that can reverse engineer that. It can take those those coded URLs and map them to the actual units and actual upgrade cards and command cards and battle cards. Uh, and then it, it tags it and stores it in my SQL database. Uh, that's the first script. The second script goes back into the database uh, now that I've got these saved and joins them up. It, it matches point values to them. It matches names to them. Uh, it matches ranks to them, upgrade types, any, anything that I'm wanting to present. Um, and then now I've got a, a website that that will go live maybe by the end of the week. Um, but this website then takes all that, all those metrics and presents it in a user-friendly fashion showing like uh, faction counts as a pie chart or uh, bar graphs where you could look at all the rebel officers that were brought and what upgrades they took or you could see uh, pie charts of which objective cards were brought or or even meta lists where i can i've defined a couple different uh Oh, we've actually defined together, me with the fifth trooper guys here. We've defined a couple of of meta lists that would that are like commonly taken units and upgrades. And this script also just tracks uh, how many of those lists fit into those categories, and so you could see cool information about those as well. That's that's awesome. So, like, essentially the. Um all those letters and numbers and stuff that you see in those URLs, those are associated with specific things and your script pulls all of those things out and just spits out all that data from the list URLs. Yeah. Um, and this, uh, uh, this site that you will have up at some point, um, also super interesting. I've seen, uh, drafts of it. I think people are going to really like it. Um, let's, um, let's hit just a high level faction breakdown. 
like uh, with numbers, and then we'll go faction by faction. And maybe you can tell us some stats for each faction that are interesting. Um, so of the 64 lists in single elims, there are 20 clone players, 20 rubble players, 14 droid players, and 10 imperial players. It's a good yeah, it's a good mix. Uh, Imperial's a little low on that <laughs> totem polar. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We had fun in the uh, single limbs Discord joking around when they got one more guy. I was like, there's like only like eight for like the longest time, and then it, we we joked around that they jumped up to ten uh, when that happened. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to see that there's only ten. Um, other than that, it's pretty balanced across the board, right? 2020, 14, um, which is good to see. John, I'm sure you don't have this in front of you. Do you know what the, um, maybe I'm only answering, asking this question if you do. Do you know what like the overall faction breakdown was for round robin? Ooh, no. Cause I, okay. yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry for springing that one on you. No, I, I can switch to it, but I okay. don't have that up yet. Okay. Let's, let's park that one for a moment. Um, let's hit uh, let's hit rebels first. So, uh, John, why don't why don't we we'll look at the uh, the numbers for the rebellion here? Uh, these are these are kind of interesting. There are some there are some non surprises, but there are some surprises. Um, why don't you why don't you give us a little little brief rundown of what the what what got through in the rebel department here? Yeah. So rebels. Let's see. Pulling that up. Well, sadly, there are only, what, four Commander Lukes and three Operative Lukes, which I don't, I don't know what players are thinking anymore. <laughs> uh, but not surprisingly at all, there are 14 Cassians out of the 20 Rebel lists. Wow, uh, that is some pretty high representation there. Yeah, with Cassian only... Only a single Cassian list without K2SO. So 13 K2SOs there. Um, 13 R2D2s falling right behind them. And then uh, even four Jin Ursos. But surprisingly, there's only, uh, what, three Leias? That's a big change from from what Rebel, used, Rebel lists used to be. I mean, what what do you think explains that? Do you think like is is the speed one move on the two pip just not enough these days? Like, I don't think our, I don't think your cards got worse necessarily. No, they they definitely didn't, and people are still running tauntauns. Uh, tauntauns are the uh, the most taken support or heavy unit from is it from anyone? Yeah, from anyone with twenty one tauntauns uh, in this sixty four player tournament. And wow. yeah, so I, I'm guessing maybe just they're focusing on Cassian. So uh, for Gar, that that was my concern. That was why I wanted to bring Cassian. Was his long range sniper is invaluable against those highly defensive uh, Republic units. Right. Plus, it's like with K two in tow you know, it's really not hard to get a bunch of aims on the guy and just convert a bunch of critical hits. Right. So it's right. pretty, it's pretty um, reliable. He's, he may not, he doesn't always 
deliver a ton of hits, but he's extremely consistent. And with Gar not having a ton of health, just having high-quality health, uh, yeah, Cassian's fantastic against them. So it's really just a question of return on investment, you think? Yeah. I, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, why don't you talk about the support spread? Because I, I think there's an, some interest there. Um, we saw virtually the same thing happen in LVO that's happening in single eliminations in terms of how the supports are divided up. Uh, how do you mean? About the fact that ATRTs are also crazy abundant? Well, they have like equal representation practically. And yeah. we, we saw this we saw this 50-50 split at LVO. And so that hasn't the fact that that hasn't changed is is of interest, I think. It is very interesting. There's so there's 18 ATRTs uh, compared to the 21 Tauntauns and they aren't even all uh, let's see. I had them up here. They are that both of these numbers are multiples of 3. Yeah. So I don't know if that has any significance. <laughs> Uh, th there's a lot of them that aren't triple ATRT, uh, but we okay. did get several flamethrowers and several laser cannons ATRTs in there. Now that I didn't expect. What, what do you think the what do you think the resurgence of flamers and lasers means? Because I know the rotaries are kind of dominant here in the spread, right? There's like a, some huge number right. of rotaries compared to the other two. But I, I guess get... like, what, what would you what, what speculation would you make there? So I'm guessing the there's two ATRT flamethrowers, and I don't think it's a coincidence that there's also two comms jammers on the ATRTs. I think those two came together, and I think they're trying to mess up some droids. Oh man, flame flame jammers is like ostensibly that's real good. Like that's the droids are gonna have to rely on like rocket troopers to take them down, or maybe even Grievous. Yeah, but who brings rocket troopers? Uh, <laughs> a lot of people actually. Yeah, really? a lot of people, if you're droids, yeah. The rocket troops are actually kind of common because they pair so well with uplinks. B1s. We have... I'm not seeing any. Which... Was that the 60R? throw down some knowledge on you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, it's the 60R. I mean, I know for a fact okay. that Lupo brought them. So th there's six. Six okay. total uh, E60Rs. And this out of the 14... Separatist lists. Hmm. So, so they're, out of, they're not yeah, common. Yeah, out of 75 B1 droids, six of them have the E60R. So I think the flamers are are all right in that respect. Yeah, the flamers might actually get some traction with, the, with that kind of ratio. Mm -hmm. That's actually pretty good. I feel like that should be higher, just personally, as a CIS player. It was a really tough call. To the E60R? Yeah. To leave it at home, yeah, that's, that's yep. a tough, tough call. Because it just it just rounds you out, right? Because that's it's cheap impact, which is the dream, right? And and it's cheap impact that doesn't screw up your order pool. Well, and and you typically put them on, you know, it's common for separatist players to run two uplinks on their B ones, right. and you typically just have like two rockets and you put them on your uplink squads because they tend to recover a lot anyway. So you're only paying how many how many more points? For the E6CR versus the E5C? Two. Wow. Oh. What a deal. <laughs> yeah. What a deal. Holy moly. And the dice aren't bad, right? It's like a red, what is it, red, black, black or something? Mm hmm. Yeah, it's Gosh. good. What a okay, deal. Okay, that's surprising. Yeah. See? It's good. 
Hey, listen, we are on a different white dice throwing faction, okay? Let's get back to the Rebels. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, right. So can you, can, you just talk about this, can you talk about the Special Forces spread real quick? Because it's oh, hilarious. God. Special Forces <laughs> on the Rebels. Uh, yeah, so there are 50, 50 Rebel strike teams, and there's a single Pathfinder. And no Wookiees. No, oh, right. There's another special force. No Wookiees. <laughs> this is a tragedy. And no full commandos either, by the looks of this. Yeah. Yeah. A, a tragedy. Oh, Pathfinders geez. are good. What about the droid attack on the Wookiees? <laughs> Apparently the droids won. Never happened. You know, no what I see here, we can just keep going back to the droids. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's fine. It's more. There's more interesting things to talk about than the fact that there's 50 rebel strike teams in single eliminations. <laughs> there's two T47s though, which is actually more than the number of Pathfinders and Wookies, which is kind of surprising. Oh god! But I guess I guess there's a lot of range one threats out there, right? You know, there's just Dooku and Grievous, and the T47s like Nana. Nah, you know, you can't actually hurt me because I'm immune <laughs> to melee. <laughs> that is true. Uh, I think that's the one guy running both T-47s for the record. Really? He's, yeah, he's running. He's running. Uh, so Pilot Paul, I think, is, is his Discord handle. He's running two T-47s and two Tauntauns. That is accurate. That's actually so, not a bad list. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's leaning into vital assets, basically. Like, you know, think of that list with Bombing Run. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. We'll score a bombing run like the end of round two or something. Like it's really quick. The T forty seven can really move. You know, speed three on a large base with the speeder. You go far, man. Nothing really stops you because you have you have speeder two. So you're like whatever. I just ignore this train so my way. Right. So I mean, I guess the story of Rebels is like there's some usual suspects. Luke is falling off, continuing to fall off. He's been kind of falling off, you know, for a while now. But he's still yeah. hanging on, still hanging on a little bit. I, I, I gotta agree with John on this one. Um, people not running Luke are crazy. I kind of agree. I think Luke is way underestimated. Yeah, especially I, I sort of feel Luke. People are on the new hotness. Speaking of new hotnesses, not having people like even remotely try. Uh, John, could you tell us a little bit about the Imperial spread of um, operatives in, in this league? Yeah, Imperial operatives. Let's see, we have seven Idens, we have four Bosks, and then we have a couple of Krennics, and there's even two Boba Fetts, but there's not a single Darth Vader, operative Vader, that is. <sighs> I am disappointed in everyone. <laughs> just, I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm not even going to rant about it. I'm just, I want all the listeners to know that I am disappointed in all of our Imperial players. Opera Vader is sweet. He's sick, nasty. <sighs> he needs some more representation. So, um, what other, what other sweet numbers you got about the uh, um, ten Imperials that are? Uh, come in to dominate the galaxy in single elims well these imperials obviously focusing strike teams like every other faction 
they did bring a couple death troopers. Uh, they got five of them. And then, not surprising anyone, their main core units are shore troopers paired with mortars. Uh, coming in at 18 and 19 each. Gotcha. Um, did we see like stormtroopers and snowtroopers make any sort of resurgence this time? Uh, there, so compared to the 18 and 19, there's eight stormtroopers and a singular snowtrooper. Okay. So no. No. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. And um, how how are we doing on Imperial armor? Is that is that looking like it's no? It, the the graph makes the graph maxes it out at, um, but that's because the most that they have is two. So there's there's two bikes, two tanks, a single ATST, and a single Dubac. Okay. I don't I don't consider a Dubac a unit, so you can. You can wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can just leave that out of your players. I assume that's Stabcast. Yeah, it's Tim. <laughs> Tim Cinderella Hannon. I think he's got the bikes too. <laughs> he does. Oh god. <laughs> I, don't, I don't consider Dupac a unit. It's going down in history, man. Hey, <laughs> I'm just telling it how how I sees it. Uh, <laughs> you know. Well, uh, apparently, more people consider Dubac a unit versus Operative Vader. Yeah, oh, I mean, uh, yeah, I know. That's in. why. Uh, <laughs> it's bull. That's all I got to say. <laughs> uh, man. So you want to go ahead and take the take the wheel on some uh, some droids now that we're done talking about rebels and imperials. Yeah, uh, John, you want to tell us about the separatist spread? Yeah, so we've got a fairly even Grievous and Dooku spread. Uh, there's eight Grievous and six Dooku. Uh, the core units are uninspiring there's 75 b1s and 6 b2s uh there's a ton of we did get four full bx squads uh compared to the 25 strike teams and then i'm i'm surprised in this this next one that there are in fact 11 stap writers and four aats yeah, that's um I mean, I'm actually not super surprised by the stats. Um they're to the extent that like you know, in the realm of biker units, they they're they're quite good, you know, they can relay orders to each other, they're relatively cheap. Um they have a strong dice pool, so uh yeah, and a couple like notable players too are bringing the stats. Ellis uh Priestley from the UK is one of them. Um, and uh, Garn, who's also Garnanana, who's also playing CS, I think is bringing Staps. So this isn't just like random people bringing Staps. Um, okay. So yeah, I uh, uh, and it's you see them too. I was looking at some of these Stap lists. It's um, it's in like twos mostly. There are a couple like triple Stap lists, but mostly it's in twos. And um, you know, just as like a bombing run hedge slash to go after strike teams and stuff, basically. Okay. Makes sense. His vital assets helped him out a bit. I think so. I mean, they're not even technically out yet. So it's like vital assets is released before they are, but vital assets is, you know, it helps uh, vehicles a little bit and fast units more specifically. Like vital assets right. breaks up, in theory, breaks up the gun line play. So, um, 
you know, now separatists have a tool, uh, hypothetically that can do that. So, um, what about the, so the four AATs, how does that compare to heavies across, um, like the rest of the factions is, is the AAT the most represented heavy? It is. Um, yeah, after that, the T-47 comes next with the, also the, yeah, the T-47, the Saber Tank, and the Gav all appeared twice compared to the would, four AATs. I would never have imagined the T-47 would be tied for the second most popular heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Dreams do come true. I so mean, actually, I get it. Sorry, I'm just gonna just gonna take a little time here, just really briefly. I kind of get it because if you can catch droids out of cover, the T47 is one of those units in the rebel side that has a big enough dice pool to actually kill a significant number. And I think it's it's that's kind of the thing. Like a lot of rebel units are centered around like piercing ship damage, and that just does not work against B1s. And so I, I can see the T40. I can see some logic behind that. You know, it's it's six dice though, like. I don't, I don't think they're, like, they're, red, they're reds and blacks, and it's like it's out of cover, right? So yeah, you still it's have no surge doing some stuff. So it's like black dice with surge, is what it feels yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. But if you get lucky, you know. Yeah. If so you get lucky, you can do anything in this game. Yeah, if you get hundred forty points lucky. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, let's. Hit, I want to talk about the strikes real quick. How many strikes were there? Uh, for imperial or for separatist, separatist. twenty five strikes. So is is that the lowest, like on a percentage basis of all four factions? That is, no, oh no, no. Oh, on a percentage base, probably because uh, imperials came have a lot fewer lists. Yeah, because you, that's the same as imperials, but you only have ten imperials versus fourteen. Right. Right. Um, it's interesting. I um, I mean, I, they're really good, but I think just as personally as a separatist player, they're harder to take as a three of, just because of AI and managing your order pool and stuff. But um, oh, okay, so you you think they're being taken in onesies and twosies? I think mostly twosies. Um, I mean, I'm running two strikes and one full, uh, and it seems like at least three other people are doing that. I've also I have seen some three strikes, but I think a lot of people are doing like two strikes and then two staps or something like that. Okay. Should we uh, should we move That's on fair. to the <laughs> the the last, but certainly not least faction? But maybe the most boring. <laughs> whoa, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> yeah, what what is this about, man? Yo, certainly not boring. <laughs> Well, when 18 out of 20 Republic lists have both Rex and R2-D2 and 72 Phase 2s, 72, that, what is that? Yeah, that's four on average. What it is, is almost the same number of B1s. <laughs> it is. <laughs> that is surprising. Well, I'm actually surprised the B1s caught up to it, having only 14 lists compared to the 20. But that is an interesting comparison that there's... Uh, what were those numbers? There are 75 B1s and 72 Phase 2s. Yeah, so that means there's 147 units that don't care about suppression. Yes. <laughs> that is accurate. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. 
Um, and then how about um, strikes and full arcs? Like, what are we looking at there? Yeah, so strikes, uh, there are 49 arc trooper strike teams and then eight full arc teams. Uh, yeah. So it's interesting to see that these uh, newer factions, you're seeing a lot of the fuller, full units being used, uh, which is good versatility as opposed to like... Um, you know, commandos and uh, scouts. You don't really see full units of those, really. Right. Um, so one of the reasons why I said they were so boring is nine of the lists can fit into the the meta category that we've named Rex Star, because uh, nine of them fit the. Let's see what are the requirements here? Nine of them all have Rex R two D two at least four phase twos and three arcs accounts for half of the Republic lists. How many of those are completely identical? Oh, I do not know. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. Five of them are 100%. Oh God. The upgrade. Oh God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's kind of silly. We could actually get a so uh, Luke Cook and and Jace, um, aka ASAP, are both running said list, and they're in the top part of the bracket, and could conceivably meet up in round two. <laughs> so we could get like an actual straight up one hundred percent identical list mirror match in round two. Oh, geez, which is pretty rare, actually, right? Like it's it's really rare to have that happen because people put their own spins on things. There's a lot of variables that occur. Yeah. In this building. yeah. We've been calling them mirror lists when they're like just the same units or close to the same units, but these are down right, to the upgrade. Like the same commander. Yeah. But yeah. This, this is like a full, a full on true mirror. Yeah. Where it's the same list being played against the dance, the same list. This is literally the Spider-Man meme where they're just pointing at each other. <laughs> right. They're pointing at each other. <laughs> I think it's interesting to see if like Rexstar is the solve for the meta right now, right? Um, I'm yeah, not. I'm not sure it is, uh, but you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. I think it's just a crazy strong list that people haven't figured out yet. Yeah, I'm. I'm in that camp, David, with you. Yeah, I think people haven't figured out how to play against it yet because it's really overwhelming. It's really defensive really defensively efficient it has a really strong alpha strike our troopers are like really good at murdering enemy sniper teams so yep. it just has a lot of it's really strong in 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 all departments yeah and i don't think people have figured out how to play or have how to beat it yet or play around it yet so let's let's quickly we only got a few minutes left with you john let's hit um what can you tell us about bids so bid surprised me. I think bid surprised a lot all of us. Uh, the average bids across all sixty four lists is seven seven point seven. Um, with the let's see, the rebels and imperials actually have the the higher average bids coming in at nine point eight for rebels and nine point four for imperials, while republic averages 5.4 and separatist averages 6.7 so that means these rebel and imperial players are trying to bid for for something more than the republican separatist players which i would have thought would have been backwards i sort of feel like um not to continue to talk about rex but um 
I I feel like the the Republic is skewing this pretty significantly, and that there are a lot of eight hundred point Republic lists that just I think the players have decided they don't care about objectives because they're just gonna like blow you off the table. That's fair. Well, and so that's an interesting point. Those five identical lists we talked about earlier, all of those are 800 points. <laughs> um, and I, I think it's, I think it's not just that they rely on blowing you off the table, but, um, you know, clone gun lines are sort of uniquely good at objectives that gun lines aren't, um, like hostage, for example, they're arguably the best faction slash list at hostage exchange which is not like notionally a gun gun line objective um bombing run against them is surprisingly difficult because you need to last first to get a bomb in there um stuff like that so yeah i don't think it's just that they you know rely on like tabling you so to speak i I think they're legitimately good at quite a few of the quote-unquote non-gun line objectives okay and, you know, Zach and um, Mike as clone players, obviously, you guys feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but that's my assessment of it. No, they're just really good at everything is really what it comes down to. <laughs> I found that as a clone player, I don't care what objective we're playing. Yeah, I tend to agree. Like when like Vital Assets came out, I kind of was like sweating it. And then once I started playing with clones, I'm kind of like, there's not really an objective that I'm afraid of. And if I, I'm, I'm playing 799 or 800 most of the time, and I don't really care. John, do you have any other other quick nuggets for us before you have to go? There's nothing too interesting. The uh, no, I think I was I was looking at the battle card spreads and and trying to see if there was any correlation to to what people were bidding and what people were like cutting out of their battle decks. And uh, without like saying too much, it. it it surprised me that Republic and Separatists both seem to to at least be focused on like like Republic seem to be focused on four four specific objectives and four specific conditions and four specific deployments. Um, they're all cutting out practically the same cards, um, and while the ones that are bidding higher, the Rebels and Imperials are kind of all over the place. Like they, they don't seem to have any common cards that they're all trying to get rid of. Uh, so that was interesting to me at least. Yeah. And I'll be super curious to see once you have actual like match data. Um, yeah. Yeah. And stuff like that, that's going to be much more interesting. Not that the unit counts and stuff aren't interesting, but once you can start running up, you know, faction X against faction Y and, you know, factions or units, a against unit B, etc. Um, right, it's going to be super interesting. Right, I'm going to be starting starting to work on that for the round robin data here soon. Try and flush out that process. All right. Well, um, I know you have to you have to bounce. So, thanks for um, thanks for doing all that stat analysis. I'm sure we'll have you on again at some point. And you said this is also going up on a website. Is um, do you want to tell people where they can find that when it's up, or are you going to wait until? Uh, no, we're going we're going to wait. The I think okay. domain name is still in progress. Okay, cool. Uh I'm super excited for that. And um thanks for coming on. When's the next Critical X podcast going to be out? Uh don't worry about it. It'll <laughs> it'll come out when it comes out. But yeah, uh thanks for having me.
Sure, man. Um, and stay safe where you are. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's um, let's real quick uh, close this out with some notable round robin, not round robin, notable round one Elims matchups. Mike, you did the you did the the um, bracket reveal show. You want to take this one away? Yeah, so um, I think we, we've got a few to point out here. Um, let me see if I've even got times for these, because I think that may be a possibility. Um, so uh, the first one that um, kind of came, like, kind of jumped off the page of me was uh, Starscream versus Ellis. Um, you know, and Starscream is pretty big into uh, vehicles. Um I believe you said Ellis is running Staps, um, if I'm recalling that correctly. So that should be a pretty fun matchup. I'm not sure that it's actually, it doesn't look like it's been scheduled yet, um, but that's one to watch. Um, we've also got uh, Huntsman versus Thomas. Um, Thomas, uh, pretty uh, notorious for his airspeeders. Um, and... Uh, I believe uh, he's going to be playing Huntsman at 10 a.m. on June 14th, which is this Sunday coming up. Um, so that should be a good one. And then another one we've got lined up here is Technophobia versus ASAP. Um, and I'm, I don't think that one's been scheduled, but um, we're looking forward to that one too. I heard some scoundrels are playing too. <laughs> yeah yeah um so uh i'm gonna be playing nerferidian i believe i i've got his name down now um we actually just scheduled that a little bit ago um because <laughs> he's he's in sydney and i'm in washington dc so um our time slots are a little bit weird uh basically we're gonna play at 8 a.m eastern on saturday which is 10 p.m saturday for him uh but it was the best time slot that we could find to uh kind of battle it out so um that'll be fun uh and kyle you've got a game too right yeah i think you're casting it right i do i was gonna let you kind of pump it up but oh yeah so <laughs> so i'm i'm facing habmo uh on friday at nine eastern and um he's running Luke Cassian, Jedi Luke Cassian, which is uh, something very similar to what I would be running if I was playing Rebels right now. So, um, and I know I know uh, Bushman actually likes that build also. Um, so, and I'm running a Dooku uh, Separatists with the full BX. Um, so it should be it should be good. I'm super glad I brought Dooku. <laughs> I, I was waffling at the last moment. Um, Grievous versus Dooku. And I almost brought Grievous, but I ended up going with my my boy uh, Dooku. So you can't call him your boy anymore. For for how long you waffled, <laughs> like you you have officially you have abandoned him. You are lucky he took you back. <laughs> I mean, your avatar is a waffle now. <laughs> that's that's true. Yes, I have a waffle in my Discord avatar. It was not a public waffle this time. Uh, you guys are, I'm sure, are sick of me posting list ideas, but. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't pull Facebook at least this time. <laughs> well, no. What you did was you pulled like a 
like I'm pretty sure there's like a a scene where like Ventress comes like crawling back to Dooku. You you he was just basically shocking the crap out of you as you pleaded like, please, I'm sorry. That sounds about right. Well, Dooku took me back, so hopefully he's hopefully he's good to me. Um, so yeah, that'll be good. Um, I have never played Habmo before, but uh, I'm uh, looking forward to it. it. Should be fun and exciting. So 9 p.m. Eastern on Dash's TV on Friday. Yipperies. Any other any other plugs, David? Are you casting any games this week? I, I am moving to Florida this week, but I will be casting full speed uh, the week after this one. All right, so awesome. About the 15th or so, we'll probably be back online. Cool. I'm sad to miss the first week of Single Limbs because there's a lot of really cool games. There's like part of me wants to be like, okay, well, if I could just get ready by Sunday, I could probably cast Mitrokeen and Luke Cook or something like that. And that would be a cool, like, come, you know, welcome back game. But I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see how long it takes us to drive across the country. Oh, <laughs> man. That sounds awful. It shouldn't be bad. My, my wife has done this like four times. So she's like my Sherpa because I've never done it before. So <laughs> she's going to help me through this process because she's very experienced at it. She's done it from different directions too. She's gone from like New York to California, California to Florida and back. She's really good at this. So, man, I, she's a she's a champ then because I like I'm like thinking about like driving across the country just once, and I'm like, oh my god, this is scary. Mm-hmm. So I'm super lucky for a variety. Are you guys, are you guys like renting a, a vehicle or anything? No, we're driving our car. <laughs> Because like, that's like my primary concern is like, oh man, my car is gonna break down or whatever. Not to like get you nervous about it. Wow, you just jinxed the guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we're just gonna try not to do anything stupid and hope that the technology helps. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, good oh, good up. luck, man. And thanks. Uh, Appreciate it. Anyone else got any plugs or anything? Um, there's just going to be a lot of dashes TV this week. Um, let me, let me bring up my, my schedule. Uh, um, I believe I am, I've got a game versus, uh, for Zodiac versus Sammy P at 1 PM Eastern. Um, and I believe I have, uh, where you talked about it or uh, Kyle versus uh, Habmo, uh, Friday, um, probably going to pick up another game or two. So be on the lookout for that. Um, so should be back into full stream mode now that single limbs is on. Um, and I believe, uh, Mike Sorrell is going to be joining me, uh, Friday night for your game, Kyle. So that should be a fun party. Awesome. It just shows you just sick of me popping in his streams. You just <laughs> nah, dude, you, you've abandoned me. You're like, dude, I'm looking for houses, dude, my kids here. Like, uh, what, what am I supposed to do? You know, on that note, it's funny. David's like all pumped up about, about moving across the country. And I'm I'm literally just bought a house like 10 minutes down the road. I'm dreading moving to it. So he's like, yeah, we're ready to go across the country. My wife's done it. And I'm just like, I'm moving down the street and I don't want to do this. <laughs> it's, like, it's, easier. it's easier when you're childless. It's easier by one that is, that is fair. That is fair. But um, yeah, I actually will not be hijacking any streams for a little bit, Dashes. So um, I'm glad that Mike's joining you. Yeah, it'll be fun. Zach, when you, whenever you have time, you have a home on Yavin Base, but oh, Don't you, you dare steal him from me. Hey, man. It's a, it's a fair game. There's no law against poaching. 
all right. All right. Uh, well, uh, good luck to everyone participating in single elims this week. Um, and uh, let's close this. Let's close this bad boy out. We are the Notorious Scoundrels. I'm Kyle. I'm Mike. David. And I'm Zach. And we had John Bushfax Bushman on. And uh, we will see you next week. Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs> <laughs>